And we thank you, Lord Jesus. We stand, Lord, only because of salvation that you have given to us in Christ. We celebrate, we praise you, Lord Jesus, for your salvation, which you have given to us, changing our hearts and making us new creatures in Christ. So today, Lord, we thank you again as we gather at your table. We gather and thank you for your grace and mercy and kindness to us. We thank you, Lord, for the Spirit and the sweet Spirit in this place. We pray for Brother Ken and our boys and dads who are away at RA camp today. We pray that you might do a special work in their lives. May those boys experience a true time with not only their fathers, but also in the Word of God and encouragement in the Gospel. We pray, Lord, that you would bless this time now we have in your Word, and we thank you for it. We thank you for this day we have today, another day to live for Jesus in Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. Good to see all of you this morning. I'm Pastor Mike. If you are a guest, we're honored to have you. Welcome. This morning we begin to look at, first of all, if you'll find your place in your Bible in Psalm number 42. Psalm 42 is where we'll be looking today. Today I begin to talk to the church about a very important subject. One that I believe that in the days in which we live we need to truly understand the significance of what it means to hope in God. So I have a number of things to say to you, and I believe that uh, these are the things that God would have me say to the church. I've been praying and thinking about this for some time. And uh, so I hope that as you're able to be with us, uh, if you're not, that you'll uh, check on the uh, messages as we go along, because I believe truly for all of you, young and old alike who are here, who are followers of Jesus Christ, you need to hear these words from God's Word. And my challenge to you is this. Repeatedly, I will say it to you over and over again. Hope in God. Hope in God. And we'll talk about what that means in a lot of different ways. We live truly in times of hopelessness in the world. It's always been this way, by the way. Paul said many thousands of years ago to the Ephesians as he was reminding them, here's the facts, here's the facts. If someone does not know Jesus Christ, they are without God and without hope in this world. And the hopelessness of the world today is because people do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Hopelessness is all around us. The reports of hopelessness are seen in the sadness of suicide rates of both young and old alike. The hopelessness of the world is seen in the fear and terrors of people in the times in which we live as we face these days of pestilence and disease and sickness. It's not that hopelessness is a new thing, it's just that hopelessness is put before your eyes as often as you listen to the reports about it in the world. And you listen to your neighbors, you go to work and you hear it, you see it all around, you see it in your family. A world filled with hopelessness. I believe that in these days it is more important than ever that followers of Jesus Christ live in the hope that has been given to them as a result of salvation in Jesus Christ, and also express their hope in God 
in a world of people who have no hope in God or in anything else. Now, I'm reminded today in my own personal life as in yours, I've been your pastor for a long time, served in ministry for many years. Believers do battle with despair. There is a difference between discouragement, despair, and hopelessness. Yes, some of you have come to church today and you are in deep despair. Yes, you have come today and your heart is heavy and you are discouraged. The good news of that is that there's not one person in this room who's a follower of Jesus Christ who is not also today experiencing in their life some mixture of despair and hope in God. That's, that's the battle we deal with as followers of Jesus Christ. We must learn to navigate that. But I am convinced that if we understand how to strengthen our hope in God, that's been given to us as a grace by God, that we will be better witnesses in our world. We will encourage one another. We need that in this church. We need to encourage each other by our hopefulness in God. So I'm going to, in the days ahead, make my confession to you. I, I, I read this to you before we go to Psalm 42. I have to do this introduction so that you understand what I've said. And not everyone's here or may be here, so if you'll please forgive me in the days ahead. I'm not repeating because I'm old, even though I am. I'm repeating because I want to make sure everyone hears what I'm doing. Peter says something very important to believers living in uh, his world, as it is for us who are still waiting for the Lord Jesus to come. First Peter chapter 3, Peter says this to believers, Even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation, talking about the world. And do not be troubled in the world, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. That's the first thing we do. We are set apart and we declare we are followers of Jesus Christ and He is our Lord. And listen, here's the last part, which is what I'm getting to. Always being ready in the world... To make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you. Yet with gentleness and reverence. So I will stand before you over the weeks ahead. And I'll be the example for this church. And I will confess. I will give an account to you of why I have hope in God. I hope it will be an example for you. I hope it'll be something that you can learn from and that you can use in your own life. Listen, your friends, your family, your neighbors, the lost world needs to hear you as a follower of Jesus. Give an account for why you hope in God in a hopeless world. So we come to Psalm 42 today and we read these words from the sons of Korah. Korah was a rebel against uh, Moses and others. He was a rebel and God judged him for it. But the sons of Korah repented of their sins as a family and they came along to be those who led God's people in worship. And so now we read this wonderful psalm of the sons of Korah. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. 
Psalm 42, 2, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember, and I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go along with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God. With the voice of joy and thanksgiving, a multitude-keeping festival. Now here's our focus, verse 5. Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise Him for the help of His presence. Verse 6. O my God, my soul is in despair within me. Therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan, peaks of Hermon, Mount Mizar, deep calls to deep, at the sound of your waterfalls, all your breakers and your waves have rolled over me. The Lord will command His loving kindness in the daytime and His song will be with me in the night. A prayer to God, the God of my life. I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do, I, why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As a shattering of my bones, my adversaries revile me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Now again, verse 11, why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me, my soul? Hope in God. For I shall yet praise Him, the help of my countenance and my God. Heavenly Father, bless the reading of Your Word, and may the Holy Spirit be our teacher now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the focal truth is this today. This is my first testimony or confession to you. When I hope in God, therefore I am not hopeless. When I hope in God, therefore I am not hopeless. I sent a message to the church by video just uh, Saturday just to remind us and introduce what I'll be talking about. Some of you heard it, some of you did not. So I will repeat to you something I said because it goes right with what I'll be saying today and in the days ahead. If I'm giving my personal testimony of my hope in God, if I'm being accountable to you for my hope in God, then I must say to you, in the midst of all the worldly troubles that distract me just like they distract you, and in the midst of personal trials that weigh me down just like those in your own life, but this is me, in the midst of the distractions of worldly troubles and personal trials. I am more hopeful in God today than at any other time in my life. And tomorrow I want to be more hopeful. And the next day more hopeful. Until the last day I breathe my last breath on this earth unless Jesus comes to deliver me by rapture, I want to live and grow in my hopefulness in God. 
I hope you can say the same. You see, my friends, hope expresses what faith believes. Hope expresses, it is that we give expression. We make confession of what we believe. How did the, Paul tell us this? So if you confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So we come to Psalm 42. And we find this interesting psalm of the sons of Korah. And there are three observations that I want to make for you today. There are many things we could look at from Psalm 42. Oh, the psalms are a joy and an enrichment to your life. I stand here to declare to you, here's my first testimony. Where do I go to grow and strengthen my hope as your pastor, as a follower of Jesus? I go to the psalms. I go to these wonderful words that I can identify with. I can pray. When I don't know how to pray, I can pray these words in my despair. I can pray these words in my joy. I can pray these words in my confidence in God. So can you. So first of all, I hope in God as I pursue a deeper relationship with Him. This is my personal testimony to you. It's the testimony that I've learned from the Psalms. I hope in God secondly as I confess my times of despair to Him. I must confess my personal times and seasons of despair to God. And when I confess those to God, I, I gain hope in God. Finally, I hope in God as I trust Him to change my despair to hopefulness. And we have many things to say about this today. In fact, we have to talk about these and then we'll come to the table of the Lord. What a good day to come to the table of the Lord as we consider hoping in God. First of all, I hope in God as I pursue a deeper relationship with Him. Look again at verses 1 and 2. As the deer pants for the water brooks. So my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? So here we find the sons of Korah uh, saddened and despairing because they cannot go to tabernacle. They cannot go to the meeting place of God. For some reason they are separated. We don't know the rest of the story, but we see here that first of all, the sons of Korah declare what is true for every believer in this room or those listening to me uh, on the internet today. May the Lord bless you if you're listening. God bless you. Come back and be with us when you can. We love you. We miss you. Please let us know if we can help you in any way. As the deer pants for the water brooks, God made the deer naturally to go to the water. God made you to seek and thirst for Him. What you're seeking for in your flesh, what you're desiring, what you're trying to fulfill with possessions and strange relationships and other kinds of things will never satisfy. Only the soul that comes and recognizes their thirst that can only be satisfied by God through the Lord Jesus Christ 
we'll ever be able to experience this, but you must say it. You must understand it. You will live all the days of your life with spiritual thirst that nothing else can fill but a relationship with Jesus Christ. It is as natural you were made to thirst for God. You were created, as we talked about last week, that each of you are a special gift from God given to your parents, every one of us, the way you are, but in each of us, in our soul, in our mind, in our will, in our emotions, in our desires, we were made not for corruption. We were made to thirst and be satisfied by God. Before I can get to the idea of hope, I must first of all settle this matter in my life. This must be my confession. And it is my confession. As the water, as the deer pants for the waters, my soul pants for God and my soul thirsts for God. I have lived long enough and seen enough in my life to know that nothing else satisfies but a deepening, growing relationship with God. And I hope you have seen the same. You see, hope grows as we meet God in prayer. Hope grows as we meet God around the Word of God, as we meet together to worship. Why these days have been a challenge. Many are not here with us all the time. I understand the reasons. But you see, there is something special and significant about God's people gathering. So we gather. We gather in a few. We gather in many. But we gather. We gather to worship God together. And hope grows when we worship God together. When you miss public worship, when you miss worshiping and gathering with God's people, I submit to you that it affects your hopefulness in God. Hope grows as we meet God in stillness. These men of God said, what shall, when shall I come and appear before God? Verse 2. So there is something that we must understand about our relationship with God. The book of Exodus is filled with this phrase from God to Moses and to the children of Israel. They were facing a really hard time being delivered from the most powerful king in the world at that time, Pharaoh, in Egypt. And here's what God repeatedly said to Moses and to Israel. I'm going to say it to you. Because this, this is the point of why you deepen your relationship with God. The Lord said over and over, I am Yahweh. I am Yahweh. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. When Pharaoh is putting the pressure on you. When he's chasing you. I am the Lord. When you're in the wilderness and you're struggling. I am the Lord. And I will promise to give you what you need and the provisions you need in the wilderness. I am the Lord. And what did the Lord Jesus say to remind us to be encouraged today? He said before Abraham was, I am. The great I am is the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And as I pursue a deeper relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, my hope grows. Now I'm going to give you a phrase and I'll repeat it a lot in the weeks ahead. And I want you to remember this as we talk about hope. Here it is. The more I know God, the more I trust God. 
And the more I trust God, the greater is my hope in God. I'll say it again. If you don't hear anything else, this will be enough for the day. The more I know God, and a relationship with Jesus Christ is how you come to know God. The more I know God, the more I trust God. When you really know who God is through the Lord Jesus Christ, faith rises. Faith runs to cling to our Lord Jesus Christ. And as a result of my faith being grounded and holding on to Jesus Christ, hope rises. You see, faith and hope in the Word of God are linked together as one matter. So the condition of your hope today as a believer, it may be weak, it may be little. Nevertheless, it is yours because it is a grace we receive as a result of being saved. Sometimes our faith is weak, sometimes our hope is weak, but nevertheless... Whatever condition your hope is in as a follower of Jesus Christ, the, lo- the more you seek God, the more you have a passion for God, and you don't let other things substitute for that. You will trust God, and then you will grow in your hope for God. Secondly, I hope in God today, as I stand before you, because I, c- I confess the times of despair I have, to God, and it makes a difference. Look again at verse number 5. Why are you in despair, O my soul? First of all, the sons of Korah practice something that every Christian in this room must practice. Before you ask your friends why I'm like I am, before you even ask God why you're like you're in, the, the mental condition you're in of despair, how about this? Ask yourself. Why am why are you in despair, O oh my soul? This is when you need a mirror, and I'm not being a jo- I'm not joking. You stand before the mirror, and in your despair, you ask yourself, why are you despairing? You further ask yourself, and why have you become disturbed within me? These two Hebrew words, this word for despair, is a word that means to be bent over, to, to be to, to crouch down, to, to be troubled. When someone is in difficulty and hardship, they sometimes, their, their shoulders slump over, they're, they're bowed over, they're bowed down, they're emotionally sad. That's despair. To be a follower of Jesus Christ, we must not be ashamed of our despair. We must understand how to deal with our despair. My friend, listen to your pastor. Everybody here is going to have despair. Our young ones have despair. I've said it to the parents in this church and grandparents. Do you know when your children and your grandchildren are in despair? Do you even even pay attention to that? Well, as parents and grandparents, we should. He goes on, why are they go on? Why are why have you become disturbed within me? You see, when I'm when I'm despairing, it churns me up on the inside, and that's what this Hebrew word means for despair and excuse me for uh, for being disturbed. It has the idea of crying, murmuring, growling, turbulence on the inside. Like a storm raging in your mind. And you can't shake it. 
We see here that this hope, this, this uh, despair comes from the outside world and it also comes from the soul. It's like two, uh, rival two enemies that rival our hope in God. Notice what he says in verse 6. He confesses to God, my soul is in despair within me. You see, you must have a talk with yourself Today, if you're my friend and you're here in despair, I've been doing this long enough to know I'm speaking to people today in this room and, and who are listening who are in despair. I understand that. You're not being judged. God knows your heart. God knows where you are. Speak to yourself about the source of your despair. And then confess that you are in despair to God. He goes on and describes this matter on the outside. We don't know what it all means. But we see these enemies of His from the world are saying, Where is your God? In our world in which we live today, it seems that the world has ignored and always does the message of the gospel and what we share with them. It's not a matter of me to convince people to be saved. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. It is my responsibility to declare to somebody how they might come to know Jesus and have hope. But you see, the world is saying this, where is your God? That's what the world says to the church, where is God? If God is truly a, a Savior, why all this pestilence? Why all this bloodshed? Why all this war? Why all of this worldwide misery? Where is your God? The noise and the accusation, the ridicule of the world is great. For every generation of believers. But the question is today, do you allow this noise of the world, this adversarial attack, where is your God to bring you to despair? Many Christians have. But it's also on the inside. My soul is in despair within me. And for whatever reason, <clears throat> his despair has taken him away from God. Did you see it here? Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan. He's not, he's not, he's not at the tabernacle at the meeting place of God. He's at the land of Jordan and in the peaks of Hermon and the Mount of Mizar and the waterfalls. He's in a you see, listen to me, your despair will take you far away from God if you allow it to. Some say, well, I can't control what I feel. Yes, you can. You're a believer in Jesus Christ. You have the power of God living within you by the Holy Spirit. And there are remedies for that. There are ways that you can deal with your despair. You're not helpless floating on some kind of... Uh, despair raft and you can't <clears throat> get off of it. No, you can. You're a believer in Jesus Christ. All things are possible for those who are in Christ. So despair takes us far away from God. That's why he's been saying here, when shall I come and appear before God? Some of you today, your despair has taken you far away from your fervent love for Jesus Christ you used to have. I've wandered far away from God. That's the words of despairing Christians. That's the words of despairing Christians. So I want to say to you, I feel and experience those same times as your pastor. Every last one of us in this room 
who follows Jesus. You see, part of what we must do with the world is tell them the truth about how we feel. But explain to them how God helps us with the way we feel. I hope in God as I pursue a deeper relationship with Him. In other words, it's dependent on that. I hope in God as I confess my despair to Him. You know, for some of us today, the best thing you could do today is go home and not get on your busy schedule of all the things you've got to do. Go get along with God and say to yourself, why are you in despair, soul? Identify the reason and confess it to God. You see, if we focus on what's around us, if we focus on these troubles within us, they will stop us from having hope in God. Finally, I hope in God, and this is my testimony to you today, I hope in God as I trust in Him. He changes my despair to hopefulness. I've experienced it all of my life. He says here, hope in God. Look at verse 5. For I shall again praise Him for the help of His presence. See, Hope has something to do with the future. Hope has something to do with confidence and expectancy of something that's not yet here. Are you listening to me? Despair says it's all now. Despair says it's always going to be this way. Despair says it's never going to change. Are you listening to me? But hope says no. I hope in God I shall yet Please look at these words. I shall yet again praise Him for the help of His presence. What does hope mean? We've got to settle that. Brother Ken did a great job. Last week, <clears throat> uh, he was here with the boys and girls and he started out for me. I, and I appreciate it. He, des he described the difference between hope. Biblical hope, Christian hope, the grace of hope, and what the world thinks of and what most of us say. When we use the word hope, we use the world definition, sadly, more than we use a Christian understanding. Hope is not wishing. Hope is not wishing. Listen to me. Hope is assured expectancy. Hope is assured expectancy. It is the idea that I am confident in God whom I know. You see, if I know God, I trust God. And because I trust God, my hope rises. Because I know what God, is going, what God has said He will do, He will do. Hope is about your future, my friend. So maybe I ask it this way. What are you looking forward to? What are you looking forward to? What are your expectations for the future? And what have you placed your confident expectations on? What is the basis of your assured confidence? I promise you this, that the martyrs of the church from the beginning of Christianity to this very moment, understand the power of hope. Because even when they're thrown in the fire, even when their throats are slit, even when their heads are cut off, even when they're fed to the lions, even when they lose their jobs and all their possessions, they have confidence, assured confidence and expectancy in God, whether they live or whether they die, 
all is for the glory of God. That's the way Paul said it, and that's the way every believer in this room ought to be living. That'll keep you from being shaken by the news of the world. So this Christian grace of hope in God, now you must measure in your own life today. What are you assured of? I mean assurance to the point that you've, you're expecting it, it's going to happen. See, that's what we're talking about here. You see, assured confidence in God is that we have what we need from God regardless of our circumstances. Assured confidence, or this matter of hope, is that the future is certain because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Assured confidence is that all things work together for good, even though a lot of bad things are going to happen in your life and come your way. Assured confidence is that you will again praise God from despair. You can come out of it. You can come out of your despair as a follower of Jesus Christ. And if you are a hopeless one because you're lost in your sin, praise God, you can experience hope as an exchange for your hopelessness. You see, assured confidence is that God is with me in all my circumstances. Listen, hope lives on the promises of God. Hope thrives on the promises of God. Do you know the promises of God? If you don't know the promises of God, perhaps that's why your hope is so weak. As I trust in God, I hope in God. It's like one foot with the other. I trust in God. I hope in God. I trust in God. I hope in God. I'm rattled today by some terrible circumstance that comes in my life. I trust in God. I hope in God. I'm attacked because of my faith. I trust in God. I hope in God. Sickness comes to my door. I trust in God. I hope in God. I lose my job. I trust in God. I hope in God. My family falls apart. I trust in God. I hope in God. So you see today that my hope is secured by my commitment to know God and trust Him. So that's where I ask you today, where are you in your relationship with Him? So what do we remember today from our time in Psalm 42? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him. Maybe you need to go home and look in the mirror and say to yourself, Hope in God. Hope in God's soul. Well, you see, hope lives in confident assurance of the promises of God. What He promises, He gives. We live in the time, my dear friends, listen to me, we live in a time of grace. We live, between, we, we, we live between the law and the great day of the Lord, which is the great judgments that are coming on this world. The end of all things is at hand. Whether you believe that or not, whether you've tried to explain that away or not, the Word of God makes it clear things will devolve, things will grow worse. But we as followers of Jesus Christ maintain our hope because we know, we know that the promises of God are sure. We've seen God's promises fulfilled in the past through the Lord Jesus Christ and all He did through the Old Testament with the nation of Israel. And there are promises yet to be given that have not been fulfilled and are coming in the future. We live between promises kept and promises to come. 
And if you know them, you live by them, and you see hope confesses what faith believes. But as I've said, despair will steal your hopefulness, and it'll also reveal your lack of faith in God. When I have despair in my life, my faith is weak. Finally, faith in God gives us hope. I, I just quote to you the, the great definition of faith in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Listen, just listen carefully to it as you've heard me talk about faith and hope. Listen, faith is the assurance. There's that word, assured. Remember I said hope is assured expectation. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Not things wished for. You, you, you're, you're, you know, to say that I'm hopeful God will do something is almost to say, well, I don't know if He can do it or not, but maybe if He can. What kind of, what kind of confidence is that? So what do we do with all of this in our lives? Well, I wanted to uh, give you just one simple way you could go home and meditate on this. This is what I would do. This is what I do. So how do I strengthen my hope in God by knowing God better. Well, in our church many times in past days, we've quoted 2 Corinthians 13, 14, many times at the Lord's table. We've quoted it as a blessing. Paul wrote it as a blessing to the Corinthian church. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. What a great blessing. As Paul describes for us the glory of knowing God, Father, Son, Spirit. One God, Father, Son, Spirit. So perhaps today I would remind you of this. You want to have assured expectation? Start with the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. The grace of God saved you and the grace of God is keeping you today. The favor of God is with you today just like it was the first day you got saved. The grace of God is what sustains us. Why is it that Paul always spoke grace in all of his letters? Because the grace of God through the Lord Jesus Christ is ours. And today in just a moment we go to the table to celebrate the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father. For God so loved the world, but oh how great is the love of God for His children. You're a child of God. If you're born again here today, you're a special child of God, loved by God. All things work together for good to those who love God and who are called according to His purpose. I want you to think about this. You know how hope grows? When you, when you focus on the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, regardless of how you've lived, good or bad, when you focus on the eternal blessed love of the Father, when you consider the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Look, I'm, I'm talking to believers. If you don't know what I'm talking about today, probably it's because you're not a Christian. There's nothing sweeter than the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Why? I cannot even read the Word of God with understanding without the Holy Spirit. I cannot, I cannot understand the love of God because as Paul said, the the Holy Spirit pours out the love of God in my heart. I, I cannot even know what to do or how to live my life and without the leadership of the Holy Spirit. As in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit said, here, go there, do this, do that. 
The book of Revelation, the Spirit says, come. The Holy Spirit is speaking. God is speaking by His Spirit. He speaks to us today. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit will help you go deeper in your relationship to God. That's where you start. Why are you in despair, O my soul? I ask you all. Why are you in despair? Why would you live in despair, my brothers and sisters in Christ? Why? Why are you in despair, O my soul? Why are you disturbed? So disturbed and churning about things that don't matter. Why are you disturbed within you? Listen to me. Hope in God. Hope in God. You see, there's a promise because we're not here forever. We're not here forever. For I shall again praise Him for the help of His confidence. As you trust in God, I promise you this. As you trust in God, you will be able to hope in God.